Well, good morning. Guten Morgen. As that was me speaking in tongues. Right. Anybody have an interpretation for us? Any Deutsch speaking people here? Right. Anyway, I greet you all. It's so good to be here. Um, we have longed to be together and just to get back into the swing of things. Uh, I think it was a good holiday. Did you guys sleep well? Party well? Party well, but clean. Amen. Praise the era. Wonderlijk, wonderlijk, wonderlijk. Pastor kan reswak. Right. Um, well, so good to, to just be here. And I think uh, Smitty gave us all the announcements. I keep forgetting that I ek moet nie so lekker sterk saam sing nie. Want my stem kan dit die fat Right. Ketom many years back I damaged my voice trying to be too loud. Okay. But anyway, um, this year we we are going to continue with the, the message on the churches of Macedonia. Uh, as most of you know, that for me a new year is not necessarily a new year in the Lord. Right? Because the realm of the Spirit and the heavenlies do not operate on Kronos. They operate on Kairos, which is seasons. Kronos is minutes Seconds, hours, days, weeks, years, millenniums, and so on. That is Kronos. Okay? If you've got a watch, you're watching Kronos move. Right? But the time, the time in the spirit is a time of Kairos, seasons. And uh, the times can change in the middle of a year. Right? And we can enter into something new. Which for us as a house was in March. Remember, we entered a new phase, a new time as a household, where I announced to you that it was a new phase that has come upon us as KGM. So, uh, 2024 um, is just continuing with what God has already been saying um, from 2023. Amen? Okay, that's why the new Jerusalem doesn't use the sun and the moon. Why? Because the sun and the moon can't, you can't use the sun and the moon in the realm of the spirit. Right? Time is, is uh, taken differently there. So, it is for us, when I began the message on the churches of Macedonia, I think probably a month, month or, yeah, let's say a month before the holiday started, it was the word that the Lord was bringing to us as a house. But we are still in the time of favor, as we announced the beginning of last year. Right? We are still in that time of favor. And as we heard from our father in the faith, Tamu Naidu, that, that this is a period of aggressive advancement, a period of ac- acquisition, coming into properties and 
and things that you couldn't get hold of before that you would get a hold of it. The Lord is helping us with that. So, if you revisit those words, you will, you will still hear the speakings of the Lord to you. Right? And you will find what God is still saying and has not yet changed. Amen? Okay? So, but it is important that we understand that even in the things of God, that when He speaks to us, that He's actually, he's actually looking act, for action from us. Right? If you say you believe that it is a new phase, if you say you believe it is a time of aggressive advancement and so on, then if you believe, then we must have works that work with faith. So that faith is perfected, right? And so that we will see the things. I want to tell you that, that the things that you are looking for, many of the things uh, that you are looking for will require action from your side. Are you all with me? Will require action. Um, if the Lord says you're going to bless you with a business, then start one. Okay? He's not going to start it for you. He's not going to register it. Okay? You have to work. You have to go. If he says, I have given you the, the land of Canaan as your possession. When he spoke to the Israelites and he spoke to Moses, he said, I have given you the land. So he says, I have given it to you. That you must go in and possess. So the, the spirit works on giving it. In the spirit it's given. In the flesh it must be taken. Right? In the heavenlies it's given. In the natural it must be taken by us. Right? Are you all, are you all with me? So there is a physical side to it. That, that um, I think in the last part of the year that the Lord was trying to make clear to us. Right? God works by giving you gifts, but you must work the gift that He gave. Right? And in the working of the gift, you will see the increase of what God has given to you. So, um, so these things, so I don't want you to, uh, like I said, just think of grace as something that happens without you. It can. It does happen when you, when you are saved. There are things that God does inside you that does not necessarily um, get your involvement just by believing in the Lord Jesus. But uh, that which is given must be worked. Right? And so when you work grace, the Bible talks about the measure of grace. In other words, grace can increase its measure in you. And the way it increases its measure is by the labor that you put in to use grace. Right? And when, it, when the grace is used, then that grace, as it is used consistently by faith, then the measure of it can increase in your life. But... As only as far as God has allocated for it to increase. Okay? So if you, are, if you don't have the grace for nations, then God will never allow your grace to increase to that measure. 
right? And so we all need to recognize. So, um, as I said to you last year, labor with the grace. Amen? Amen? So, let's go to that well-known scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 6. So at the, at the end of the message, I'll quickly explain the fast and so on. Um, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 6. It says, For you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Right? So remember the word followers means imitator. Right? Uh, mimic in the Greek uh, not the personality but the ways of God that are in a man that have um, incarnated themselves and shown themselves in flesh and you are to mimic those ways and this is why in the book of Philippians which is the churches of Macedonia because the, the churches that were in Macedonia were Philippi and the Thessalonica and Berea and other churches, they were part of the region of Macedonia. And so, to the Philippians, Paul said, that which you have heard, that which you have learned and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. That is mimic. Right there. Okay? So, uh, you don't want to laugh the way I laugh. It will not look good on you. It's made solely just for me. Right? Um, But the mimicking is in learning and hearing and seeing what is being taught and seeing how that has incarnated itself in the life of a person that is a father, a spiritual father, leader, set man, bishop and so on, elders, how that has demonstrated it in, in, its, in their lives and that which you see and that which you have heard and that which you have learned do and the God of peace shall be with you the God of shalom the God of prosperity the God of rest from your enemies shall be with you by hearing, seeing and doing and you will have that peace Amen? Are you all with me? So that is imitate, right? Or verses 6, imitate, mimic, um, be an ex- uh, they were an example for others to follow. And then, verses 7, it says, and you became examples, right? Uh, to all in Macedonia and Archaea who believe. That word, example, in the Greek is tupos, T-U-P-O-S. Tupos, which means a model, which means a sample. A sample is, is something that somebody else studies so that they can learn from it. And so we are actually studying them so that we can learn from them so that we can also become a sample for others to study. Right? So the desire, and this is what a fathering church is. A fathering church is a church that has become an example 
for others to learn from. Right? So, people don't just only learn from leaders. They must also learn from churches. Right? And God is desiring that we should be a model, a sample. Right? So, uh, an example to be imitated. So, when Paul says they were an example, he says um, other churches were imitating them. Uh, They were a model for imitation. A sample to be studied. A sample is also a small part intended to show what the whole is like. That's what the word sample means. Right? And you will see that in the scriptures, right? In verses 8. As they became examples, a sample, a model for others. It says, and from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Right? And the word for sounded forth is not creating a different sound. But it's an echo. Reverberate. Right? Resound. Take the sound that you've received and blast it out. But they became that by doing simply one thing. They followed leaders. They imitated leaders. And leaders were meant to be also a tupos, as I explained to you last year. I don't want to go into that again. You'll have to go to the other three sessions to get that. That elders are also called to be an example. And the Greek word is tupos. So in other words, in the elder, in the leader, is a model, is a template, is a sample, is something that you can study. Right? And when you study that, you can find that this is actually how this word works. This is actually how you are supposed to do it. Alright? So, so how did they come? How did they become an example? They simply followed. It is so simple, we can make it too complicated. Alright? Simply follow. Imitate. And if you do that, from us will go the word of the Lord that was sound forth. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. You can silence people. Like when um, the, queen of Sh- is the queen of Sheba that came to Solomon. And when at the end when she said, the Bible says she had no more words. Silenced. An example. A two-pos. Right? And so, the reason we entered into this is because, is because we were studying this thing of how do we become that which God wants us to become. And, I, and we came to the conclusion that it all happens by grace. Grace. How was, how did this Macedonian, these Macedonian churches become an example? Besides the fact that they followed, is that they did it by grace. Grace. So important then for us to understand how we can labor in the grace, how we can step into the grace, uh, activate the grace in our lives, uh, be like a generator that generates energy, grace, make it flow and come alive, right? So, let's go to 
2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2. This verse you have, you know, we've said this verse so much you don't even need to memorize it anymore. Right? By now it should be in your mind. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. Okay, let me say this one. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Uh, Paul in Macedonia wants the Corinthian church to know of what? The grace. Because the grace that they were walking in were causing them to be who they were. That Paul would say, I want to use them as an example to teach you how you should live and how you should walk in the grace of God. Right? So, Paul wanted them to know of the grace. He wanted them to understand it. He wanted them to comprehend it, perceive it, understand its working, understand how this grace was showing itself in their lives. And and I told you that grace can be seen. Grace can be seen. Right? Because when it's in your life, when it's in your life, it comes as a gift. But only when you labor the grace of God in you, can it be seen by others. You know, it's like a, it's like a simple example is, let's say you gave, gave your heart to the Lord, and now um, there is the gift of prophecy. But you never prophesy. No one will ever see that there is a gift of prophecy in you. Until one day where you just kind of really felt it and just said, Today I'm just going to do it. And you give off the prophetic word and the person that receives the word or the house that receives the word, they are shocked. And they say, but there is a prophetic gift in the person. In other words, grace can only be seen when it is manifested. And it's manifested by our labor, our effort, our work, our doing, our action that stems from faith. Faith in the grace that I know I have received and because I believe, I then use, use, use. So this is why I've, I've moved away from saying, ons wach op die Heere. Um, There is a place for waiting on the Lord in its time, in its season. But when... When, um, if you are waiting on the Lord, then you are waiting in prayer. Because you wait for Him to speak. You wait for Him to lead and to guide. But when He leads and He guides and He speaks, then there must be action from you. And when you take action, then in the action, by faith, then you see that grace work. So then it is not by work, it is by grace, through faith. But faith had work in it. So then faith worked with works. The book of James. Right? So, uh, are you all 
seeing that and understanding that. So grace, there was a grace of God that was bestowed upon them, but they labored in the grace. So if you read verses 2, verses 2. Okay, let me just check what time I started. Okay. I don't want to give you the, the, first, the first fruit for the years, my longest preach. Then as the rest of the year, Right? So, Second um, Corinthians chapter 8 and then verses 2. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. So in the midst of their great trials and tribulations and difficulties, and when you study the book of Acts and other portions of the Bible, you will find that they were experiencing persecution, resistance. Um, They were afraid for their lives and so on. In the midst of that, there was an abundance of joy. And joy is one of those manifestations of grace that is at work in the life of a person. How is it possible that you are so full of joy when people are trying to take your life from you? Right? Because that is the evidence of grace that is at work in the life of a person. So in that context, grace can be seen. If it is not seen, again, it is you. You are not laboring the grace of God that is given to you. And if you are waiting on God, you are waiting for Him in prayer. But, there are certain things for the future that you can wait on. But here in the context now, here in the now, if you are waiting for things here in the now, don't wait. Don't wait physically. Wait in prayer Hear and do. And when you do, you will see the God who moves in your doing. So I want to, I want to get you away from the, from this passivity. This still sitrig en wach. You know? Um, and, and I think that, um, one of the things that make us so wait on the Lord is this understanding of the sovereignty of God. There is a misunderstanding of the sovereignty of God. Um, it is true in its understanding, but it's misapplied. Okay, it's not applied properly in the sovereignty of God. Alright, but that is not my teaching for today. Okay, so grace has to be seen. Now the question to us is how did they flourish? In this grace. How did they come to see and know this grace. And manifest it in their lives. What were the practical things that they did. And then we saw that there were three things. There is probably more. I I only speak as far as the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. So, so far, let me say it. So far, I saw three things. The one thing was that they gave themselves unto the. Lord, which I think is in verses 6, or no, 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 verses 5. And it says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So, there was a giving of themselves. 
And if you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, you will find it's the whole thing of giving. Right? Giving, giving, giving. I say you have to give, right, grace so that you can grow in the grace of giving. Right? So give freely so that you can grow in the ability to freely give. If I can put it like that. So they, they gave themselves to the Lord. To the measure that you've given yourself to Christ is to the measure that the rest of the stuff you own also starts becoming of use to the Lord. And then you start giving those things also. So that was the one thing. Then the other thing is they also gave themselves to their leaders. Paul said, you gave yourselves to the Lord and unto us. Right? And as social media would want you to have or want you to know is that, is that you are very mature if nobody can lead you. If nobody has to lead you. But my, I disagree with that because the more you grow, the more humility and submission should be easier. Because you've dealt with things. Right? And so, I told you that there's no church that exists without leaders. And, and so there, there was a giving of themselves to their leaders. Right? And then, and then they also gave financially. Those are the three things I saw that made them grow in the grace of God, accelerate in the grace of God. Right? So if you work with the right motive, then it is not religious or legalism. It is faith. Right? Are you all with me? Okay? If I pray because I know what I have, if I, if I get out of the boat and walk on water because I know that He said to me, come out of the water, that is an effort, that is a work, that is something that I do, it's an action. That action comes from faith. Right? It is not legalism. It is faith. Right? And so, the grace that we hear many times on TV or social media or those type of things is a grace that sometimes makes us think we sit back and let God do everything. God doesn't, there is, there is a place for that, but it will not work in every area of your life. There has to be an action. Right? Tell the person next to you, take some action. When you are led by the Spirit. Okay. So, so we are looking at this. We already spoke about the grace of giving. We did uh, almost, I think, we did 17 sessions on the Spirit of Poverty. Right? We are still in the crossover. I changed the name, but we are still in the crossover of what it is that makes us break out, come out. Okay? So, um, we are looking at this point now, how they gave themselves to their leaders. This is the point that we are looking at. So, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 12 to 13. Chapter 5, verses 12 to 13. 
So, so the, remember now, the Thessalonians and the Philippians is, are the churches of Macedonia. So when you read the book of Philippians, understand that Paul, these are the people that are considered as the churches of Macedonia. When you read Thessalonians, you are reading about the churches of Macedonia. So the Holy Spirit led me to go and read these books. And I read them. And there were things that stood out for me. Right? So it says here, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So, there is a, we are to recognize them. We are to know them. Right? Um, sometimes we can, we can hear things about leaders that actually is not true. Right? That's why the book of Timothy will say, if there's an accusation against an elder, don't receive it without two or three witnesses. But we take the first one. Rerach pastor. Right? But the Bible says, no, get two or three witnesses. Right? And then it's not for everybody to, to go and share it with everybody. There is a way to handle that. Okay? So we are not saying that elders are perfect. That is not what I'm saying. Elders can fall and there are elders that can that succeed and actually finish the work that God has given them to do. There are natural fathers that are very good and there are natural fathers that are very bad. Um, it doesn't matter. You have teachers that are good and you have teachers that are the worst kind of teachers that you would want. Right? It doesn't matter. The principle remains the same. We will still have teachers we will still have natural fathers. We will still have leaders. No matter whether you got hurt or didn't get hurt, they will still, God will still appoint leaders. It will not change. You cannot change that. That is something that you must accept. Right? And, and so, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you. You must know your leaders. Right? If somebody tells something to you about your pastor, because you know, you say, no, that's, that's not true. I, I can't, you know, unless there's more evidence that comes out of it, but I don't think we, we can go with that. Right? You are to know, to recognize. And so, you are also to recognize amongst you here, who's leaders amongst us. Right? And, and see them. Right? Are you all with me? When we see that and recognize them, those who labor among you, in you, with you, and they are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Remember what I told you, that the Bible says about Jesus, that the child grew, right? In favor with God and man, and in, and in stature, and in wisdom, and so on. But that verse comes just after the verse says, and, the child, and Jesus was made subject unto his parents. And the next verse says, and the child grows. And remember I told you that the word grow or increase, it actually means to cut your way forward. Right? In other words, have we seen the advantage of submission, how it advances us in God and in the things that he has for us. It is to your advantage to understand that, right? So as we see 
when we, they, so there are people that are over you. And there are people that are under you. Amen? There are, there can be people that are over, and there can be people that are under. Right? Your children are under you, and you are over them. Are you all, you, you see that, right? Verses, verses 13. Verses 13. It says, And what must we do with those that we recognize? As leaders amongst us, we must esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Now remember I told you in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, it says, you know, that you are to obey your leaders. Why? So that, so that you don't make it grievous for them. Okay? So you don't make it difficult. You make it hard for them to lead. But the word esteem... Okay, let's look at this word esteem. It's a Greek word, hegomai. Here's the Greek word for year. It means to lead. That is to command. Right? So, the, that word esteem. And then figuratively it means to consider, to think and count. To basically to honor, right? To consider, to think, and to count. Okay? That count is not counting how many leaders there are. It's a kind of a estimation of a person. Like you count how much is this worth. It's a calculation, a thing that you do in your mind. It's, a, it's to think, right? But then... So, but, but firstly it means to lead and to, to command with official authority. And I thought, esteem, to lead. Then I began to understand that I cannot lead you or even command you with official authority if you don't esteem me highly. So where you are disrespected, no one takes you seriously. So who do you want if you're going to lead people, or if you're going to lead, okay, so let me get the balance. I must produce, I must be someone that is honorable. Alright, let's put it both sides. I don't want to make this a one-sided message. I must also be someone that, that is honorable, that is a man of honor. But, even though you can be a man of honor, people can still not see what is there. And then still disrespect, right? Okay? So, when you, and when you, when you understand that, the, the leader can only lead you to the measure that the honor is in you. So to the one, you will say to everybody, everybody, we will come here at nine o'clock. And then half will be here at nine and the other half will just rock up at nine thirty. I'm just using it as an example. Just seeing Nivya Astraya Raini. 
I'm cool. I'm just teaching. <laughs> right? I'm just teaching. I'm very... Ek is kwaad vir niemand. Ek is heel happy. Right? Tell the person next to you, pastor is happy. Pastor is no quality. I'm relaxed, right? I'm just teaching the word. But, but you, you got to understand that that's how the word esteem works. Right? It's in the same in the context of marriage. Um, there is honor towards the husband. There is also honor towards the wife. Right? So if you have issues with honoring a leader... Then I, must, then I must also have issues with telling your wife to honor you. Or telling your husband to honor you. Because the Bible says, husbands honor your wives as the weaker vessel. Right? Then we must strip you also of yours. Uh, so the, the, the point here is, is that esteem, when the esteem is in the heart of a person, it becomes easy to lead you with the official authority that we have. It's easy to command you. We will just say, we are fasting, we are fasting from the 28th to the, what's it, the 4th. And this is how we fast. And, and when there is honor, everybody will do as was instructed. The one that says, ah, it's okay, is the one that is in growing in the disrespect. You understand what I'm saying? So, the reason they had the ability to imitate is because they were taught by Paul. Paul is teaching, he's writing a letter, and he's teaching them, keep the esteem. Think highly. Right? Are are you all with me? And then the word, and it says here, and very highly. Now the the very highly is actually three Greek words. Alright? There's one word for the very and there's two for the highly. Okay? So, the, the, the first one for very is over and above. Regard as more than. So when you esteem very highly... The very is talking about over and above. Remember, the previous verse said, Know and recognize them, those that labor among you, and are over you in the Lord. Then he says, esteem them very highly. Very means over and above. Why? Because there are people that are over you. If you come to the president, you're not going to... Say, I can say, my friend, we say, for me to say, you, you know, you're not going to tell the president, listen here, who are you to tell me now? Immediately when you come there, everything inside of you bows. The president is here. Which is correct. It should. Because you are to honor all authority. And it's correct because he has a rank. He's a man like you, but he stepped into a rank that you don't have. And that must be honored and seen and recognized. Then the word highly is a Greek word ek. Okay, ni ek ni. Right? 
I was I wasn't speaking Afrikaans. I was speaking Greek. Ek, it's Greek. Ek, ek. And that that is where you for out of, from. Right. This word means so. From out of you, you first esteem, think, your mind highly, very above, over, rank, out from you. Must come this. Right? Out of you. It, it denotes the origin. Where action proceeds from. So if there is honor, it proceeds out from the person. Ek. So it starts with ek. Ek. Ek, ek. Ek, ek. Ek, eight ek. Tell the person next to you. Ek, eight ek. <laughs> Ek jylle nie blij nie, ek maak daar een bykie meer grappe nie Tjo, ek was daarom ernstig Jesus het my gehelp Ons moet nou die pinkster song sing Jesus het my losgemaak Oh, ons het mooi gemaakt Sorry, sorry, sorry My my wife likes to say You're changing the whole song Alright Okay, so Ek, ek Right? Out from you must come this thought and thinking of above. Right? Remember, I am giving you practical keys of what made the churches of Macedonia flourish in grace. That's what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not searching for your honor. Not at all. Right? But, I am searching for grace to flourish in your life. That's what I'm after. I am after your growth. I would say like Paul, I'm not after any gift, but something that may abound to you. This is my motive. Right? So, and then the other word for highly in the Greek is perisos. Okay? It's like perisos. All the Kerry lovers. Okay. It means beyond measure. Beyond measure. More than necessary. Exceeding and abundantly. Look at the kind of thought. Or the kind of what must be in your heart that must come and exceed. You know why? Because it just opens you up for the workings of God. This is how you open yourself up that God just works in you. Right? It is honor that hinders the... It is honor that can increase the flow of grace. And it is dishonor that can shut grace to you. Right? And we all know the scripture in Mark chapter 6 when Jesus came to his own family. And he was shocked at their honor. And he said, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own family. Right? Those that know you, those that know your, your, your nukka, your dunga. Right? They, they find it. But the amazing thing about grace is that it can come into flesh while that person is still, let's say, nukka. 
And that grace can still work. But it doesn't mean that he must stay with his nukkah. Right? I must actually, I must, for the live stream, I must get another word for nukkah with his issues. Grace can still work when the man and the woman has their issues. Because grace comes freely and grace works by faith. But that does not mean that we are to remain with our issues. Okay? By no means am I, am I making issues okay. I'm just simply telling you how grace works. Okay? So, so very highly um, above. This is a picture of honor. Right? And we, we want that we would flourish in grace. I am after the acceleration of grace. I am after the increase of grace. I am after the, the flourishing, the grace that will cause us to be who we are meant to be. So that we can say as Paul, I am what I am by grace. And the grace that was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Right? And then he says, I labored more than the other apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God. So what was laboring in his labor? When he laid their hands on, there was something else in that hand. But he had to lay that hand. Right? When he was preaching, there was something else in that preaching. But he had to open his mouth. As God, I think, said to Jeremiah, so Jeremiah or Ezekiel, he said, stand up, son of man, stand up, open your mouth and I will fill it. Open it and I will put something in there so that when you speak in your words is my words. L- labor with grace, work. You have to understand one of the things I really want to get you to understand is that, is that there has to be an effort from your side it, with, a, with a proper understanding. Okay? And when we understand it, so when we talk about honor, there has to be a kind of an action towards it. Right? And, and so I have, I've learned quite a few things Right here. Honor makes it easier for the leader to labor in your life. Honor makes it easier for your brother and your sister to dispense grace to you. To break the bread of life to you. And when we, when we choose to honor one another and not to disrespect one another, we make that grace as a free flow amongst us. Okay, so what you must be after is grace. What you must be after is grace. Grace makes you function the way you need to function so that you can fulfill all that you were meant to fulfill. Right? Are you all with me? You must be after grace. And, and so, because 
Because grace, if you, if you understand how grace works, that grace works by your labor, then you would understand if you remove the labor, then you will see the grace. Are you with me? So this is why for ex- a simple example is, you will start out in Christ and you hear wonderful things, then you will start to give. Okay? I've seen this happen so often. You will start to give. And in your giving, you do it consistently. And now you see yourself advance. But now when you start advance, then you pull back on your giving. Then the hidden substance, because the word faith now faith is the substance, hypostasis, which is, if you study theology, then they will tell you that the hypostasis is what they use to explain the essence of God. They all have the same hypostasis, the, the stuff that undergirds their being. And the word for hypostasis means something that's under, that stands there, that supports and undergirds that which is seen. So there's a hidden substance that is supporting that which is the person is living in. And if it came by the practice of the principle, then there is a hidden substance that you are building underneath you that supports the life that you are enjoying. And then when you start to enjoy it, you remove the foundation from the building by stopping the practice. And then when you stop the practice, you remove the hypostasis. So then the, if you take the foundation away, then you see the top of the building starts to slowly but surely crack, fall in. Because you are no longer walking in the hypostasis. Because it came by grace. Do you understand that? Okay, so... So that's why many times you come into things and then in the, in the coming in we relax. In the relaxing we no longer apply. And then what happens is we pull. The, it's like everything starts pulling backwards now. And then just for you to go, uh, go back to the Lord and then you learn from the Lord. Then you start doing it again and as you slowly but surely do it, then you start seeing the thing move again. Are you all with me? Right? So, so, tell the person, we must practice honor. Practice honor. Okay, so let's read verse 14. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those that are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. So, the unruly... It, it, in the Greek it means to be unarranged and insubordinate. That is the definition. Insubordinate means simply defiant of authority. Disobedient to orders. Right? So unarranged. So that, this is why you are unarranged if you're just somewhere. Nowhere. You are not part of a family. But I gave my heart to the Lord. 
I haven't joined a church. I'm not part of any family. I just walk on my own. And so on. That is unarranged. That is what unruly means. Unarranged. Right? And so, and, and, and that's why error does not always come forth as, as sleeping around. But there's error. Do you understand that? Are you all with me? Unarranged. It means undisciplined. And regularly disobey instructions. That is what the word unruly is. And the Bible says we are to warn. Though this word warn, it speaks of a gentle warning. Right? It's not a rebuke. It's not a harsh chastisement or so. It is, when it says, when it says warn, it's like, Samantha, Vijay, you know what? Can I just sit and talk with you quickly? You know this thing I see in your life? I'm just using an example. Don't get worried. You know, you know, say it's a, let's talk. This thing that you are doing, you know, this is what the word says. It's not supposed to be like that. You know, you're not supposed to live like this and so on. Um, it is a warn. It is a gentle conversation, but making the point clear. Right? Making the point clear. It is, it, it is easy to be disobedient when there is no honor. Right? It is very easy to be disobedient. Honor is not biblic. Honor is biblical, but the worship of a man is not biblical. Right? That is clear. I many, many, many years ago, you know, and that's why I say I used to practice honor so much in the beginning and it had such an advantage in my life. And then you go on to other things and you neglect these things in your life. And only for the Lord to come and re Rewind you. Right? Um, and, and many years ago, I had an issue when I saw people honor leaders. I thought, these people, they're worshipping their leaders. You know, they, the way they serve and the way they do. I'm sure there's people that go into worship. Which is, but the Bible says about Timothy and Titus in the book of Acts that they waited on Paul to serve him. That's in the book of Acts. Right? The, 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 the principle of honor is just as what Paul said. Think of them accordingly. According to the rank and position and who they are in the spirit, see them as what they have in the spirit. And remember, honor. Later on, when we, when we look into this word honor, which in the Greek is actually the word time, like time. T-I-M-E. Right? But that word actually means to, you know, to determine the price of a product. That's why you count so that you can determine price. And the price is the honor bestowed upon the weight of product. 
That's what the word means. So, but, what are we saying then? We are not say, I am not going to determine my price. No. How you express that is determined by how highly you see. How you express honor is determined by the sight that you have of the person. The thinking that you have of the person is determined by you because, because the honor must come out from the person. Honor is not forced upon people. We can't force you to honor, but I can teach you to do that. But, but honor comes from you. Is the ek ek. Ek ek. High above. Think of you. So that you can lead me easy. Right? So that is honor. And what that does is, I guarantee you, you will find the grace of God, it will just pull towards you. You open yourself up. Things will happen. You will just find that there is a greater sensitivity to God. It, it works. Right? It works. Put it to the test. Right? Put it to the test. The, the, the honor. So, so there is not to, not to worship people. Right? And so many years ago when I studied the word honor, I saw, Wow. That which I saw was just an expression of honor. And I got very irritated with it because I said, Yeah, they're worshipping the man. Are you all with me? Okay. So, uh, in Romans chapter 13 verse 7, it says, Give honor to whom honor is due. So, we do give honor to people. Give honor to your wife. Right? Give honor to leaders. Give honor to them that are in positions of authority. Um, it is biblical. It is biblical, but as I explained to you what, what the word honor means. Okay. So I personally can increase, can increase my value, which also increases the honor that comes towards me. But it's me, it's by what God has... Um, it's like I can increase my stock value. Not on the stock market. In the spirit. As I, as I increase in the things of God, I make myself more valuable. Which then will increase the expression of honor towards me to those who can see. Right? Are you, are you all with me? Similarly to you, wherever you go, you can increase your honor in school by becoming more valuable to the school. As you become more valuable to the school, you, you increase the honor that is towards you. Right? So many of you, you want promotions. But you have no interest in increasing your stock value. You have no interest, interest in increasing your value to your company. Now they must just pay my check, please. But there is no self-improvement 
I just go to work, rock up there. I did my work. I did what you said. There's no extra mile for you because you don't pay me extra. But you have to increase your value. So you can increase your own value so that the honor that is expressed towards you also increases. So that you become valuable to the company. Are you all with me? Did you all understand that? Okay. So take for example in the book of Daniel. When, was it the writing on the wall? And there was nobody to interpret the writing. Because I think it was Belteshijah. Or it was the son of Nebuchadnezzar that was now king. And he did not know Daniel. And so Daniel was somewhere there in the kingdom. And then this writing on the wall came as they were drinking out of the golden cups and things that come from the temple. And so on. And as they were drinking and just being disrespectful to the God of heaven. A writing suddenly appeared on the wall and there was no one in the kingdom that could interpret the writing. And they became very discouraged and then I can't remember who the woman was. She wrote to the king and said, don't worry. There is a man in your kingdom by the name of okay, didn't say, did you say Daniel? Daniel and his, what's his other name? Um... But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. There's a man, Daniel, in whom is the spirit of the gods. And he was with your father. And any, any hard question there was, any riddle, anything that was too difficult for anybody in, in, in his days, Daniel was the one. He has excellence and wisdom that exceeds anybody in your kingdom. Get him and he will surely answer for you. And when he came, Daniel eventually solved and told him what this is. And then he said, listen, your kingdom has been numbered. Um, I've actually been brought here to tell you, your days as king is over. And then what did they do? They honored him with silver and gold. Because the man's value. So you can increase your own value in the spirit. And when you do that, the, the, in the spirit things start to attract itself towards you. That's how you're increasing in the measure of grace. Because you labor and you refine and you fine tune yourself. The clearer your sound is. Alright? It's a simple example. If, if uh, Charles and John is playing the guitar... And it's like, what song are you playing? I don't know what song. You know, go home, fine-tune yourself, play that guitar properly so that I can hear the sound that you are playing, so I can sing along with you. That is refining yourself. As you refine yourself, that is how you increase your value. They say about, what's his name? You know, um... What's this uh, soccer player, Madi? He is retired. He's married to one of those singers, Beckham. 
Beckham. Yeah. The other day I heard that his father, when he was young, in the, uh, somewhere in the backyard, just made a little spot there. And he said, all I want you to do is just kick for that spot. In the beginning, you couldn't kick it. And he said, no, just keep practicing until you kick that spot. And then eventually he started kicking that spot. And then he took him out on the field and he said, I want you just to hit that spot from here. So all he did was work on one thing. Refine that curve. And that curve put money in his pocket. Right? If you refine yourself, you can increase your worth. The diamonds that are raw are not as valuable as the diamonds that are cut. But we don't want to cut our way forward. You have to allow yourself to be cut. You have to work on yourself and cut. So that you can increase value. So that is what that word honor. Right? As a company, the more you increase the value of your company, you increase stock value. And that's how honor flows. Right? But what I'm also saying to you is that honor is also something that you can produce in yourself. I teach myself how to honor my father. Right? I am practicing honor towards him. I do it. You all, you all know that if we have a conference and my spiritual father comes here, I try and give him the biggest offering. Right? I try to show my expression of gratitude towards him. The way we don't want him to pay for anything. And it's sometimes an argument with him. You know, we, we have to secretly pay for things. Otherwise, he pays for it somewhere. With. And then if once he takes out that, that card, play weg. You're going to get into an argument with him, right? Honor, that's one way. The way that I see him, capture him in the spirit. Um, I see who he is. If I can capture the rank that he functions in. Because honor, honor has to do with discernment also. If you're writing, write that down. It has to do with discernment. Tell the person discernment. Husband, actually discern, 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 discern. Right? In discernment, there's that scripture that says, and when Jesus says, who did you go out to see? When he was talking about John the Baptist. And I said this before and I say it again so that the penny drops. Who did you go out to see? Um, a man in fine clothing? Are you, are you looking at the external? Right? No, he's wearing jeans and... Uh, like Smithy was wearing jeans. I don't know why he's wearing jeans today. I thought today he's going to wear a suit. He was wearing suit the whole time. I'm just playing but now he's coming in jeans and now there's nothing on his life because you look at the external or if the clothing that he wears is the most expensive name brand that there is sure this must know a hot you know 
We are externally focused. But to honor, you must not look at the external. You must see internally. God must open your eyes and your sight. Right? And Jesus said, John the Baptist, no. He said, did he say, and then he said, did you go out to see a, a reed shaken by the wind? Right? He, he goes with the trends of time. No, this man is a prophet, he says. This man is not speaking trends. He's my voice. He's a prophet, a mouthpiece for me. But then he said he's more than a prophet. He's a messenger, an angel of the Lord who went before the Lord to prepare his way. This is who Isaiah spoke of. Discernment. Right? Right? And you, if you don't discern a person, you could be just simply treating him like your brother. Right? Are you all with me? You see, it has to do with the sermon. So you can treat something or someone in a, in a way that, the way that is not honorable, but not knowing there's an honorable person sitting next to you. Are you all, are you all with me? Are you all with me? So, honor has to do with discernment. Okay, so let's end off with this verse. Philippians 2.25 Dink ek is mooi in my titan. Okay. Um. Okay, Philippians 2.25 Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, but your messenger and one who ministered to my needs. So, your relationship to a leader changes. The dynamics changes as you grow with the leader. As you grow and you become more um, useful to the work of the Lord. Let me put it like that. Useful to the work of the Lord. It says, and, and Paul talks about Epaphroditus and he says, I thought in essay to send him to you. But the one I am sending is my brother. We come from the same God who is our father. It's my brother. Right? Uh, he's my fellow worker. Someone who works with me. Right? Someone, if while we are um, if we are praying tonight for souls to be saved, the man is there and he's praying with us. If we are fasting for some people, he's there, he's fasting with. Um, if people need to be taught or uh, someone is struggling and someone needs to go there, this man is a fellow worker. Right? Um, he just, if we say we're doing something, the person says, how can we help? It's a fellow worker. This man was a fellow worker. And, and then he says, a fellow soldier. That means this, the, the, the lifestyle of this person. Because the Bible says no man who makes himself a soldier, you know, uh, entangles himself with the affairs of this world. So there's a kind of separation that he's walking with me. He's a fellow soldier. But not only that, is there a kind of separation. There's also, there's also a fellow suffering. 
a fellow suffering, a soldier who fights the battles with you, endures the struggles and the things that goes um, through. I am extremely grateful for in the beginning days when we were a, a very just a handful of person, uh, people. When those people, when you are nothing, when all you are is just a man that's preaching the gospel to five people, and those five people believe in what you are saying, and they endure with you while you are preaching on your crate. Right? This is your pulpit. You are in your flat preaching, or you are in a place where there isn't, it's not glamorous or anything. And people don't know you while you are working your grace. I'm grateful for people who endured with me through all those things. Right? And I'm grateful for people who helped today also. And that's why I make it now my, I make it regularly my goal to say thank you. To say thank you. That's why last year we had the Thanksgiving. Before the Thanksgiving, you were to go and say to people, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. If it wasn't, um, in times of difficulty, you were there. You were this and so on. And we did it in different ways. Right? Now, it says, so he's my fellow soldier. But the man that I am sending to you is your messenger. In other words, he's immediately taking their minds, their perspective, and how they see and view the one whom he is sending to them and say he is your messenger. In other words, when he comes, receive him as a messenger. Not firstly try and make him your brother. Right? Um, he must be seen as a messenger and also one who ministered to my needs. So while this man is your messenger, he's also at the same time somebody who's ministering to my needs. Look at that. Epaphroditus ministered to the needs of Paul. Right? What made the Macedonian church that they became such an example is because the kind of people they were who imitated their leaders and what they did to imitate, imitate those leaders made them people that even in difficult times it could not flourish them. They were like Joseph. When there's a war, his branches grow over the war. The more you try and stop the man, the more he grows over any restrictions you put upon him. Right? Because the grace that was in him, you can put him in prison, but he won't be there very long for depressed. Because after a while, he'll start taking his gift, interpreting dreams, and he'll become in charge in the prison. They'll make him the chief guy in prison. You'll sell him as a slave. But man, this guy will become Potiphar's right hand. Everything will be over him. You can't stop that grace. You can go through sufferings and so on, but you somehow just overflow and you just are growing. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Grace, the Macedonian church knew how to function in grace. They knew how grace works and they made sure that they labored in it. Right? And we want... The grace of God to flourish amongst us. Amen. Tell the people we want the grace of God to flourish. Okay. So, we are going to, this year, 
we are going to strengthen the pillar of prayer and okay my my leaders don't know it yet but every tuesday we are going to be fasting the leaders and then every thursday house churches will be fasting okay go we are going to we are going to teach us teach ourselves to pray right and to separate ourselves and to push forward and so the fast that we are having on the 28th to the 4th of uh, 28th of January to the 4th of February is a fast from food right and a fast and obviously if you're fasting from food you are fasting from TV and all those type of things the that week of fasting is a fasting for us corporately for our corporate goal right the week before that is a prep from the 21st to the 28th is what i call the prep okay in other words we are prepping ourselves for the fast but in that week is a week where we shut down on all social media we shut down on you know all the things that distract us the TVs and all these things and our magazines and our books and whichever things we use to keep ourselves busy and that week all we do is it's a time where you could focus on yourself and focus on the things that you want to pray for for yourself and if you want to make it a fast of food you can right but in that week that is what we are doing we're shutting down those things and you are we are praying individually on our own so uh we'll not necessarily but in the week of the 28th onwards we will be coming together here to come and pray for an hour we'll be here and then we will we will um spend time together in prayer um is everybody understanding that you understand the prep the prep is for you the fast is for us okay if you want the prep to be your fast also you are free to do so okay Are you all with that? You all understanding? And so we are going to we are going to push ourselves. We are going to labor. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. So let's just close off with a word of prayer, Father. I pray that this year there will be an infusion of grace. I pray that the measure of grace that we walk in as a house will increase this year. I pray that that even as you have announced that it is a time of breaking free from things that might have come along for 38 years like the man at the pool of Bethesda but there will be a moment of take up your bed and walk because grace is available there will be a period we are in a period of acquisition of obtaining things that have been unattainable but somehow we by grace come into them Lord I pray that what you spoke over us will not be in vain but that we will be a people that fulfill your word because we understand 
the time that we walk in. And Lord, I pray that this year, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, a time of favor, a time to hear, and a time to help in the time of need. I pray let your salvation manifest. Let your salvation be seen. Let salvation be like walls around us. That when the enemy comes, there is just a continual deliverance. And we are walled in by your great grace and love for us. I pray from my heart to you, Father, for them. Let no chain hold them back this year. Let every chain be broken. Hear me, Father. Let every restriction be removed in Jesus' name, Father. I pray every weakness in the legs of those who cannot who become weary in the journey like the man that is born lame at the gate beautiful fill those legs this year with strength let the weary run let the weak receive strength let the tired in life I ask Father as I come to you I come not for myself I come for them hear and open your your ears unto their prayers as they seek your face let the spirit of life infuse itself into them Lord, like it says in the book of the Old Testament about the house of David, that even the weak will be like David. Strong, powerful, mighty in you. Let no change hold us back this year. Let nothing stop us. Whatever we need, grant it unto us. Let grace flourish and accelerate. Let them move forward. That things that have been withheld from them for so long, let it just be.
Arise, O God, and let your enemies be scattered. Show us your favor. I bless your family. I bless your children. They are yours. For you have redeemed them by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Purchased to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation. I pray let the lion inside of them arise. And I pray for boldness. I pray that every fear that holds them back, where they know what you are saying to them, but they are afraid, I pray let fear be cast out by your Spirit. Let every doubt that there is about who they are be silenced and every confusion about what they were to do for you be removed in Jesus name I pray for the manifestation of your blessing that they would know your nearness we say like Moses We don't want an angel to go with us. We want your presence to go up with us. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. And we give you glory. Because it belongs to you alone. And everybody say amen and amen.